Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and neighbors, welcome once again to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. 31 Days of Horror. Oops, all werewolves edition. This is day number three. And my special guest with me today is Sean Tate Bircher, who was previously on the show talking about Dawn of the Daikaiju, but today he's here to talk about Werewolf of London from 1935. Welcome back to the show, Sean. Thank you for having me. It's a delight to be back. Well, thank you. So uh, this was one of the movies that you specifically wanted to do. Why did you choose this movie in particular? So a thing that a lot of people don't realize is that werewolf lore was really, really nebulous well into the 20th century. The Wolfman with uh, Lon Chaney Jr. is to werewolf lore what Dracula the novel was to vampires. It is the one that really sets mm-hmm. all the tropes and defines everything going forward. Werewolf of London, made just nine years earlier, is completely bonkers. It is just <laughs> so different from what we expect in a werewolf movie in so many ways, while at the same time setting a template for the Wolfman, that I just find it fascinating. It is just such a uh-huh. weird film. <laughs> it It is. It is a universal monster film, but it's not often included in the lists. I have a copy on the Wolfman collected uh, legacy collection, I think it's called. So uh, they they do include it in there, but he's not part of the greater shared universe. Though Super uh, 7, the action and, figure makers, did recently make a figure of him as part of their Universal Monsters line. <laughs> Good for him. With his Extreme <laughs> Widow's Peak and everything. With Extreme Widow's Peak and dressing robe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and of course, it is, I assume, the inspiration for the song by Warren Zevon. So yeah, I assume he at least saw a poster for it once for that. (laughs) (laughs) I believe there is a more recent film called werewolves of London that I have not seen. And of course I would, I would guess that an American werewolf in London is also uh, inspired 
by this. Yeah, as much as it's so very different from in all ways, uh, that is my understanding too, is that American Werewolf in London was at least sort of and inspired. It has to be the reason. It's got to be the reason they chose London. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, it's kind of a a little bit Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, an American yeah. in Paris, and Werewolf of London, all kind of smushed together. In in some of my Let's research see, for this, it... I discovered that there was a a novel that came out just like two years earlier called uh, The Werewolf of Paris. So mm. Universal might have been actually ripping on that title when they chose Werewolf of London <laughs> instead. But apparently the, they're Possibly. like totally unrelated works. Huh. As I said, it is from 1935. It's uh, black and white, 75 minutes, directed by Stuart Walker, written by John Colton. The budget is 195000 I don't see a box office anywhere. I know it was not a big success. <laughs> That's why it took him nine years to do another one. Yeah, exactly. Our cast is Henry Hull as Dr. Wilford Glendon, Warner Oland as Dr. Yogami of the University of Carpathia. We'll get back to <laughs> Warner Oland in a minute. Valerie Hobson as Lisa Glendon, Wilford's wife. Lester Matthews as Paul Ames, Lisa's childhood boyfriend, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, Lawrence apparently. Grant as Colonel Sir Thomas Forsyth, Paul's uncle and Lady Forsyth's son, who is the chief of Scotland Yard. Spring Bington as Miss Eddie Coombs, Lisa's aunt. Clark Williams as Hugh Renwick, Wilford's friend and assistant in Tibet. He doesn't last very long. J.M. Kerrigan as Hawkins, Wilford's lab assistant. Charlotte Granville as Lady Alice Forsyth, Sir Thomas's mother and Paul's grandmother. Ethel Griffies as Mrs. Whack, Mrs. <laughs> Moncaster's friend. Zephy Tilbury as Mrs. Moncaster, who rents Wilfred a room. Jean Bartlett as Daisy, Alfie's mistress, who is Wilfred's second victim. And then a bunch of people who are uncredited, which goes yeah. on for a while, so I think I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, Warner Oland is very familiar to me. I watched many of his Charlie Chan movies as a child. On the afternoon, I've only movie. seen a few. I think, well, maybe once or twice, I've seen him in other things prior to this. Yeah, I think, other than Charlie Chan, this is the only thing I believe that I've ever seen him in. Yeah, I know he was in and... some Fu Manchu films as the Devil Doctor himself, which I find really oh, weird. Oh yes. I can't Given, remember if I've actually seen any of them. No, I have not seen any of those. I've only seen the ones with Christopher Lee. So, Given that uh, Charlie Chan is kind of a reaction against Fu Manchu. Yeah, so weird. And Warren himself is Swedish. Yes, and he seems <laughs> to be playing another non-Swedish character. He's not quite putting on the accent that he does in Charlie Chan, but... I don't know what kind of name Yogami is meant to be, but the drunk lady seems to think he's Japanese because she keeps saying the wrong name, which is yeah. a Japanese name. Yakamoto, I so think something she I, calls him. Yeah, she calls him Yokohama a few times, I think. Yokohama. Uh, something yeah, I have noticed is that in the first half of the 20th century, 
white people apparently couldn't pronounce Japanese words that began with O. So they always pronounced it as with a okay. Y in front of it instead. Um, okay. And Ogami or Ogami is really a, a closer pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Just means wolf in Japanese. It is the same ah, name okay. as the surname uh, of uh, Ito Ogami, the of lone wolf and cub. I see. So I'm pretty sure he's yes, supposed to be Japanese, and that his word. name is like totally right. on the nose. Right. But I guess he yes. got turned into a werewolf in the Carpathians, and then went to Tibet to get a cure. I, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so he has a little, little drive-by Dracula thrown in there. <laughs> so all of that was from uh, all those credits were from Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. Which also tells me that Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi were supposed to be in it originally. Yeah. That would have uh, taken things in a different direction. Very much so. So, yeah, we get a guy. This is uh, basically what I've been calling a type one werewolf story. Okay. Where some some schmuck gets bitten by a werewolf and then has to deal with that situation and usually ends up dead at the end. <laughs> Uh, type two, if this is your first time uh, listening, is uh, there's a werewolf among us. We got to figure out who it is. And then type three is the secret life of werewolves, where there's a whole society and we get introduced to it and learn about it. all the nonsense rules that they have and that kind of thing. And uh, <laughs> some of the some of them, you know, are a little bit of, you know, a combination of two or more of those. Uh, and then there's a few that don't fit, but those are the main, as I've been watching so many of these, they tend to fall into those three categories. So, uh, yeah, this, this white guy's in Tibet where he really has not, <laughs> you know, he's gone where he shouldn't. He's in there mm-hmm. sticking his nose where it doesn't belong and ends up getting attacked by a werewolf, which I guess is Werner Oland? Yeah. Or were that's they the both attacked by, the, by a third? Yeah. I th- I think it's I it pretty much that, yeah, it was Werner Oland's character. Uh, it was Yogami who yeah, I, uh, attacked. I think he's there looking for the same flower, but for a different reason. He's there yeah. looking for it specifically as a werewolf cure. Uh, this guy doesn't know yet that he's going to need a werewolf cure. <laughs> Or in the terms of the movie itself, werewolfery. Werewolfery or lycanthrophobia. <laughs> yeah. I think they've uh, confused uh, lycanthropy and maybe hydrophobia. <laughs> that makes sense, yes. Which is another name for rabies. <laughs> That's all I can figure that they were trying to do with that. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on there. But, yeah, he... he, uh, he uh, gets attacked and um, his friend ends up dead. And isn't his friend just there to help him? Yeah, he's just like he actually thanks him for taking him along on this adventure, and then he promptly dies. <laughs> yeah, poor guy, poor guy. I got really confused actually the last time I was watching it, and found myself thinking, "Wait, is the..." Commissioner of Scotland Yard, his friend? No, no, his commissioner from Scotland Yard is totally related. <laughs> this guy at the movie just comes in, dies, and has nothing to do with the rest of the film. Okay. That's yeah. one way to handle yeah. it. 
Yeah. So, uh, but he goes back to London and uh, starts having to deal with being a werewolf. And I'm not sure where he puts together the idea that this plant can help him. Maybe just in his reading it came up. I don't know. I think so, yeah. Somebody had a book about werewolfery, and I forget if it was Yogami or if it was um, Glendon. It's one of the two of them. Yeah. But uh, they meet, (laughs) Yogami and him meet at a party. And he wants uh, he wants a couple. He's having trouble getting his own flower to blossom. And he wants help. Glendon has invented a moon lamp, mm-hmm. which I don't know. I don't know how that works. Glendon is this brilliant scientific genius because he's also got closed circuit TV in his house, uh, which yeah. did exist technically by then, but like barely. You know, yeah. Soviets had invented something to do with that. Yeah. This flower only blooms in moonlight, so he has gotten a lamp that replicates moonlight somehow mm-hmm. and uh, gets the plant to bloom and uh, starts the wolf out a little and, and puts some of the rubs some of the plant on himself and it seems to make him his hair stop growing. So uh, but I, I particularly love the scene at the party though where uh, Werner Olin's talking to him about werewolfery <laughs> which to me sounds like an old timey term for the crime you commit by being a werewolf yeah that <laughs> not sounds the about condition right. of being <laughs> find you guilty of werewolfery <laughs> uh but he he's telling him about werewolves and he's like oh what are you talking about this nonsense and he's like i know of two men in london who are werewolves right now uh which i Think's hilarious because he's talking about the two of them, which we don't realize necessarily in that scene. Yeah, but he's he's being a real smartass in that <laughs> scene. And Wilfred is just ignoring it very hard. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Although, um, if Wilfred doesn't realize he's talking about him, then he then he's got to be thinking, wait, what? Yeah. There's, there's there's two more werewolves in town. Shit. <laughs> maybe I should uh, maybe I should talk to them or something. <laughs> Might give me some insight in, into my situation. So, but maybe he knows what, exactly what he's talking about and just ignores it. And then the other thing is this fucking boyfriend. Um, yeah, Paul. Paul yeah. just just swooping in. What a Oh, what an ass. Yeah, I mean, I it works him. out for him. A, presumably it works out for him. And I just wonder what their but, relationship was like as children, because he's the actor is 17 years older. Yeah. Yeah. And so, well, the we're, we're making fun of this a lot. Older. Yeah. Oh, okay. That I didn't catch. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah. So it is a big, age oh, yeah, difference no, even he, <laughs> When he says the aunt or somebody calls him out and says, oh, yes, he once asked her to marry him. And then she's like, yes, I was six and he was 12. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) That's that seems kind of inappropriate. Yeah, that's the castle. I think the kids. Uh, So I feel there must be there must 
It would make sense, but I don't think they ever state this. If she had an older brother who was his age, then it would make sense that they were hanging out so much as children. That's but true. That is not in that's not indicated anywhere. Not at all. It's a twelve year old and a six year old just they, hanging out. They maybe do not do we're that just in real the life. Only two... Yeah. And and if that were the case I... that she had an older brother's age, then it would make sense that she would have a crush on him. That would uh, Yeah. That would follow. But for the two of them to be hanging out together, there has to be just no other children in the neighborhood. Uh, I suppose they were off on some lonely English estate. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Out in the middle of the country. But uh, yeah, he's, he is just being way too friendly from the get go. (laughs) Yeah. And she ends up going out to parties with him and shit. And her, Mm -hmm. her husband's. Uh, working on his his science, doing his science stuff. And I kind of understand. I mean, he's been uh, Wolford has been distant for a while because of the werewolfery, and he was never necessarily. I, I mean, I think the age gap between her and between Lisa and Wilford is deliberate that there is supposed to be a significant age gap between them. And that, and so their relationship has always been a little bit muted, if not strained, mm-hmm. but it's become much worse now. Um, she laments that he just isn't as fun as he used to be, which is <laughs> kind of amazing. But um, so he, he's in a way trying to look out for her and, and be loving by letting her pal around with Paul, uh, despite the fact that Paul is obviously hitting on her. Uh, simply because he knows yeah. that he's in a bad situation. He doesn't want her to suffer for it. He's not good at expressing that in actual words, but um, yeah, it's, it's a legit interpretation of his behavior. Sure, sure. Uh, and at the end... When he when he gets shot at the end, uh, with a, just a normal bullet, apparently just a normal bullet, yeah. Um, he he uh, thanks the guy for the bullet. Yeah, and then apologizes, uh, not being able to make her happier. Yeah, and it's actually <laughs> and fairly. Then the guy's effective. like, uh, "Don't worry, I will f- falsify." Yeah, I'll falsify the report and say that I accidentally shot you while you were trying to protect her from something. Yeah, make him look good and not tell the world that he's a werewolf. <laughs> and then they cut to airplane flying by, and it was introduced earlier that Paul is an aviator, so... Yeah. yeah Implications that the that two of them are flying off. Just... That, was, that was odd, yeah. Just, uh, right. <sighs> I we're supposed we're to be happy? To, for... We're meant to understand that they're, the two of them are on the plane together. Yeah, but to me, I'm like, wait, is this the Universal logo again? Are we back to getting the movie? <laughs> and uh, it's it, I, we're laughing at it a lot, but it's not that bad in the execution. It's just strange. No, yeah, it leaves you really puzzled at times, and you just go, why did they make that particular creative choice? But it's got its effective bits. The werewolf makeup itself is actually pretty cool. It's less pronounced than the Larry Talbot makeup, but it's still pretty effective and does let you see more of the humanity 
I like the moving transformation how he'll he's walking along and as he passes behind a pillar the makeup changes. Yeah, that's great. Comes out the other side a little a little more wolfy. Mm-hmm. That's a, a good little cheat there. I I appreciated it. Yeah. And then they have and really strange have this, stuff. Yeah, well, there's this weird uh, old lady comedy duo in the middle of the yeah. movie. Mrs. Wack and Mrs. Moncaster who are like a Monty Python pepper pot routine. They are. Yes, and this is... <laughs> they're, both, they're both trying to rent him a room, and Mrs. Moncaster just punches Mrs. Wack in the neck. <laughs> and... And then later gets punched back. Yeah. And they're both constantly drunk. Knocks too. Out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they they're uh I, I thought they were a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, I think that's goodness. probably true of a uh, lot of the yeah. universal monster movies though. They had these weird little side uh comedy characters just deliberately to lighten things up a bit. Mm-hmm. Because um because the films what were much scarier for the audiences at the time because they were more challenging of things that maybe we take for granted these days. The idea that a man could just lose control of himself and become a monster is actually a scarier thought back in the more straight-laced 1930s than it is today when people just go, oh, yeah, thank you, I please. Yeah. Just something to get out of <laughs> you know, late-stage capitalism, whatever. Uh, apparently there are two novelizations of this uh and there's a video game based on it yeah that's so crazy which i, I so it's obscure of. but influential the video game or the movie the movie yeah i've never heard of the video game movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is more stuff i'm just getting off of wikipedia here <sighs> so um yeah any any other particular parts of the film that jump out at you spring Byington as miss eddie is actually genuinely pretty funny is is that the drunk aunt yes she is genuinely amusing apparently she parlayed that daft kind of routine into a tv show in the 50s oh, really? so look good for her <laughs> what, what show was what show was that it was called december bride i don't really know anything else about it but uh, from that title, I would take it that she was an older woman who wound up becoming married at an unexpected age. And, you know, good for her. That sounds hilarious. Um, I also think it's kind of fascinating. Another one of those weird little tidbits is that at the beginning in Tibet, their bearers and everything are speaking what's obviously real Chinese, uh, even though, mm-hmm. you know, of course, yeah. it should be Tibetan, not Chinese. Uh, and right. then... You know, uh, uh, Wilford's dialogue is just made up gobbledygook. So, <laughs> you know. uh, so it seems like maybe the uh, director told them, okay, just impro- improvise some, some Tibetan stuff. And some yeah. guys actually spoke Chinese, so they just did <laughs> Chinese. And the actor playing Wilford didn't speak anything, so he just made some shit up. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn! Seems like you could have asked some of those people for some actual lines of Chinese or something. Still would have been the wrong language, but closer. Right, right, continent right. at least. 
So we are using a uh, moon phase rating scale for these uh, for these movies. Uh, new moon, quarter moon, half moon, three quarters, or full moon. What phase are you going to rate Werewolf of London? I, again, we've made fun of it a lot, but I would give it at least a half moon because it's a trendsetter. It really is a prototype for uh, the more famous Wolfman. And Mm -hmm. it's hard. It's kind of in the right place. It's just so strange. Uh, I... I agree. <laughs> uh, I, I think I will also give it a half moon. Uh, folks, if you have not seen it, it is currently available on Peacock. Uh, I think they have a lot of the Universal films. Yeah, I think most of them are available for uh, at least through October. Okay. Uh, and, of course, you could rent it or buy it on all of the usual places online well i think that's gonna wrap it up for today unless you have any final thoughts i think we said it all it's a fascinatingly yeah. weird film yeah i just like seeing warner, warner owen do something else uh, yeah. i've always found should charlie we, chan oh, movies to be should we say a little bit more about that the fact that warner owen was this european-born swedish guy who spent his career in Hollywood playing Asians because he just looked yeah. slightly different. You know, he, he didn't, he, <laughs> I mean, technically it falls into the way Yellowface works where you have uh, a non-Asian actor playing an Asian character, but he didn't actually put mm-hmm. on Yellowface makeup. He was just, vaguely Asian looking himself and got a little tipsy ahead of time. So that his face was saggy. So. (laughs) It's not Uh, an apology for um, the practice, but you know, he was just a guy trying to make a living and dying of alcoholism early. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like you do. Uh, I, I find Charlie Chan movies fascinating. That could be a whole, podcast on its own he's an amazing character it's it's strange too uh mr moto the uh japanese Uh secret agent who up until 1941 was a good guy and in the novels and the movies uh it's they're both fascinating characters that somehow end up being played mainly by white guys european Mm -hmm. white guys for that matter Yeah. yeah Well, supposedly uh, Lucy Liu had a Charlie Chan show in development at one point where she was going to be playing like his granddaughter or something. That would have been interesting. But um, people, certain people objected to the whole <laughs> Charlie Chan concept. And I get so it. It got, it's, it's it got dropped. I, it got dropped. Yeah. I mean, I, I, get I, it. I think, I mean, I think it's about time that, to let a Chinese American play Charlie Chan, but, but there you go. Uh, all right. Well, Sean, thank you for joining us here today on the Charlie Chan podcast. (laughs) It was great fun. We'll be back again tomorrow with another werewolf movie, but I haven't set the 
broadcast order yet, so you'll just have to tune in then and find out what it is. <laughs> Until then, I have been Precious D. Remember to keep calm and take shelter in basements. And whatever you do, do not misuse science. We will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go. You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacano folk rock punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg.